Trust you found your place in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17 for the preaching of God's word. I'll be reading from verse 8 down to verse number 16. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 8. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to, there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it, and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for your track record of faithfulness. And you have proven yourself time and time again. Forgive us where we have failed you, we have doubted you. But we thank you, dear Lord, for your continued faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy and your grace extended towards us. That even though we failed you, yet your hand of mercy reaches out to us. I pray today as your word goes forth that you would use it in a mighty way in the heart and life of lives of each and every person who would listen. I pray that you would remove from us any distractions, anything that would hinder the working of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be far removed from this place. I pray that you would give me the words you will have me to say. Especially at this time as we focus on mothers and their tremendous contribution to our lives. I pray that you would use the word to continue to challenge and strengthen, encourage each and every mother with God-given responsibility, and for all of us that we would appreciate, love, and thank, be thankful for the mothers and the influence of mothers that you've placed in our lives. Thank you so much again for your goodness. Take full control of your divine way. Save some lost soul, stir the heart of every believer, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Mother's Day is one of those days in the year where it feels like the celebration needs more than one day to adequately celebrate. I feel that too much is packed into one day. 
if you take note, you would recognize that to bear out my statement, restaurants are too crowded on Mother's Day. Flowers are sold out on Mother's Day. Greeting cards disappear from the shelves on Mother's Day. I'm sure mothers also would agree with me that the one-day break that you get from working just disappears way too fast. And all of the mothers said, it is a testament to the amazing impact of mothers in our lives. But let me also say, it does not diminish the role of a father, but it does highlight the many, many hats that mothers wear. There are many, many qualities that mothers possess that stand out. And I'm sure if you took the time, and you will take the time today to think of all the many responsibilities that are placed on mothers, you can think of many. And while there are many that can be emphasized on a day like today, I want to take the time today to highlight characteristic that I've been privileged to witness in my mother, my grandmother, in my wife, in people who God have placed in my life. This doesn't take away from the mothers that he's placed in your life, but I believe by observation that you would agree with me that Mothers tend to have this characteristic of faith. Faith. Mothers, if you take note, are the ones that continue to believe in their children when everybody else, including father, has given up. This can be good and bad at the same time. They're the ones in the courtroom pleading with the judge for mercy when that child sadly has gone astray. Sometimes we might argue that the faith that they seem to have sometimes is misplaced. However, mothers tend to be the ones as well who trust God for deliverance when everyone else has given up hope. In our text, We have an example of one such woman referred to as the widow of Zarephath. To be a widow in this time was a very difficult proposition. It would mean that the primary breadwinner would have died, often leaving the wife and the children to struggle with providing for themselves. Sometimes they were left with debt and creditors requiring that the children be sold into slavery. But as we would observe in this passage, this woman's faith, this widow's faith, made a difference in the situation. And this morning, I want to preach a message entitled, The Faith of a Mother. The Faith of a Mother. Now notice with me, first of all, there was an honorable report. An honorable report. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 8 and 9. And the Bible says, And the word of the Lord 
came unto him, speaking of Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. God is speaking to his servant Elijah at a time when Elijah was on the run from Jezebel and found himself at the brook Cherith. And God was ready to move him from Cherith to another location. And God says to him, Elijah, I've taken care of you here at the brook Cherith and I'm going to take care of you continually, but I've ordained a widow woman to take care of you. Now that was quite a puzzling proposition, I can imagine, for Elijah. But maybe it is that Elijah figured, God, well, if you can take care of me like a brook and you can have ravens bringing me food to eat, well, I'm going to trust you. But God says to him, I'm going to have this widow woman take care of you. And God gives a report to Elijah with confidence in this widow woman that Elijah, I've commanded her to take care of you. And guess what? She will. Now here's something I want you to notice about this woman of Zarephath which was in Zidon. This was a heathen country. In addition to that, this was, it is said by commentators, the native place of Jezebel herself. Jezebel was the daughter of the king of Zidon and she had a vested interest in this location. So imagine Elijah is on the run from Jezebel and he's go, going into other, in unto other words, the, uh, Jezebel's stomping ground, so to speak, for a widow woman to take care of him. But God speaks of this widow woman with the knowledge of her integrity and her confidence in him. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God could speak of her in advance of this situation, in advance of this test, saying she is going to do the right thing? What an honorable report. Isn't it a great testament that God can count on a mother? That mother is going to have faith and confidence in me. It will be a wonderful thing that God can count on the mothers and the women and the ladies of Shiloh Baptist Church that would say to a servant somewhere, oh, you know what? I'm going to send you to Shiloh. And when you go there, I promise you, you're going to find some mothers, some ladies, some women who act based on confidence in me. That's just the kind of ladies that they are. What a wonderful report that God can make of a mother. There was an honorable report. But notice, secondly, there was a heartfelt responsibility. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, So he, speaking of Elijah, arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, below, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. Elijah comes upon this widow woman, and guess what? He finds her working 
for her family. Now we would know from this story that things looked real bleak. But even though things looked bleak, this widow woman who had, of course, lost the breadwinner of her family, even though things were uh, turbulent and the trials were mounting, it did not extinguish the passion burning within her to provide and to take care of her family. Here she was gathering sticks to make a fire with the last of what was left to eat. If there's one thing that mothers know how to do, it is to work. Amen? I mean, seemingly 24-7. I mean, it's a heartfelt responsibility that somehow is deposited inside of a mother to work for her family and to take care of them. I mean, you think of the tasks that are placed on a mother's plate from the time a child is born. I mean, to, to feed, to bathe, to wash, to clean, to polish, to cook, to serve, to fold, to iron, to organize, to decorate, to shop, to restock, to comfort, to listen, to advise, to teach, to counsel, to entertain, to repair, to invent, to plan, to prepare, to budget, to manage, to soothe, to negotiate, to operate, to orchestrate, to interrogate, to investigate. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I, I, do, I can't be here all day, so I have to stop somewhere. But that does not mean that the list is done. Right, mothers? I mean, and then, sometimes, we as men have, and children have the gall to come home uh, and question what they did all day. As if what was outside was somehow, somehow far more taxing than what they had to deal with. Lord, forgive us. Mothers have a hard job. Men, they do so many things, but yet they embrace this heartfelt responsibility. At least I know most do. Amen? This woman embraced her heartfelt responsibility in the face of unbelievable obstacles and difficulty. And even with an outlook of hopelessness. It was a heartfelt responsibility for this mother of faith. There was an honorable poor report. But notice thirdly, I find this so interesting. And characteristic of a mother of this caliber. Notice thirdly the helpful response. Now look back at verse number 10. And so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the city, the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Look at this. And as she was going to fetch it, 
Did you miss that? Here it is that she already has much on her plate. And the prophet Elijah calls to her. I mean, as if she didn't have enough on her plate already. And he adds something else to it and tells her, Go fetch me, I pray thee, some water in a vessel. Now, I believe if we had testimony time for mothers, mothers would tell you that this indeed is the story of their lives. The agenda is already packed to the running over. But somebody wants something else done. Am I right? I mean, you're up to here. In expectations. And the children want something else. The husband wants something else. I'll leave it there. The church wants something else. The pastor wants something else. The boss wants something else. The teacher wants something else. The principal wants something else. The doctor wants something else. The nurse wants something else. Uh, The amazing thing is that the Bible says as she was going to fetch it, even though her plate was full to the brim, she still made the adjustment to accommodate him. She made the sacrifice without complaining. Isn't that what mothers do? They add the additional tasks to their already crowded plate. There was a helpful response. But notice, fourthly, there was a humbling reality. There was a humbling reality. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not another a, a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. There was a humbling reality. Elijah makes a request for some bread. I mean, she made some requests prior for some water and she said, you know what? I'm going to help him. I'm going to respond in a helpful manner. I can do that. But, but he asked for bread and this widow now opens up and she explains to him the harsh and the humbling reality facing her. In short, he says to Elijah, Elijah, what you're asking for is all we have. You're asking me for something that other than food for me and my son, we have absolutely nothing left. Notice this widow woman, she didn't sugarcoat the situation. She didn't get upset. She just told him the truth. You know, there are times in our lives when we must be able to face the reality of your situation and describe it 
for what it is. Sometimes we choose rather to let pride get in the way. Because we don't want to admit to others and even to ourselves that we are in need. But this is, my friend, a very important place to get to. Because when we get to this place of recognizing that, that we are in need, that's when faith is activated. When we mistakenly conclude that we have it all figured out. Even when we don't. We are literally hindering ourselves from depending on God by faith. This woman took the time to articulate a very humbling reality. But in doing so, I want you to notice, fifthly, she was able to have a hopeful realization. Because in verse number 13, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof a little cake first. Bring it unto me and after make it for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail. Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now you say where is the hopeful realization? Now. We know the end of the story. But this woman, when she heard what Elijah said to her, I believe she took some time. Not much. But she processed some things. And she made a, an assessment. Even though his request seems somewhat unreasonable to most, she said, if I do what I was planning to do, that's the end of the story. My son and I are going to die. That's what I've determined. But if I do what the prophet has said, I'm going to get the God of heaven in on my situation. And here's what she realized. That I need God. That he alone could turn her situation around. In other words, she was saying at that point, God, you alone. No one else can help me. I need God in the worst way possible. Who else can help in my situation? The answer is no one but you. And this, my friend, is why a proper assessment of her situation led to her reliance on God by faith. You oftentimes, you see why the reason why we don't get to the point where we understand, uh, even in our humanness, that God, you and you alone are the only one who I can depend on is because we keep denying that we are in such a position. Oh, I got some friend down here who could bail me out. Oh, I, I have enough intellect and ability to work my way out of the situation until we get to the point where we admit our reality, we won't depend on God by faith.
She says, even though things look bleak, God, you are able. When I'm down and out, God, you can do it. When all hope seems lost, God is not beyond your hand of God to work it out. And I'm telling you, it just seems uh, most often than not that mothers are the one who seem to believe in impossibilities. I mean, men, gentlemen, I mean, we have some other, uh, some other traits that, that we, can, we can maybe pat ourselves on the shoulder about. But it just seems that mothers seem to believe in impossibilities. And it's because of faith. And it's a wonderful and a beautiful thing when that faith is placed in God and him alone. There was a hopeful realization. And that hopeful realization, when this woman realized that, listen, I can get God in on this situation, notice number six, there was a hasty redirection. Remember, she was preparing this cake for she uh, and her son to go and die, and she changed her plan. Look at verse number 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. This woman, because of her faith in God, she changed course. She didn't sit there and argue and debate with Elijah. She didn't curse him and tell him, man, you're so selfish. You see me, got one little cake for me and my son, and you want to ask me for the one little cake for you? I mean, what kind of man of God are you? I mean, you should have been here helping me to find another cake from somewhere else. She changed her plan because her faith was transformed into action. My friend, it's one thing for us to say we have faith in God. It's a completely different thing to demonstrate it. It's another thing to put it into action. James chapter 2 and verse 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And mothers have shown great faith throughout the Bible. Continue to show great faith today. This woman put her faith into action. Oftentimes we read these stories and these accounts of individuals, even men of faith and women of faith, and we know how the story ends. But understand that when they were in the middle of a decision, uh, when they had the they could decide whether to go left or to go right, they did not have the benefit of knowing how the story would end. Well, at least in terms of it playing out. But they stepped out in faith, seeing it before it happened. And as such, they put their faith into action. 
This woman knew that God would intervene in her situation. Listen, she didn't know how. She didn't know when. But she knew that it would happen. That's the only rationale for her giving up the one cake she had to somebody else. I mean, if she was going to eat the cake and die, well, what if she was going to give up the cake completely? Something else had to give. There was a hasty redirection. And because of her demonstration of faith, notice finally, there was a huge reward. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the coos of oil fail according to what? The word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. My friend, because of this woman's act of faith, of stepping out and obeying the man of God who was speaking the word of God, God met the need. She kept going to that barrel and that barrel that just had enough meal for one cake when she went back after she get the cake for the man of God she went back and there was more meal and she made more cake and she went back again for more meal and she got more meal and she made more cakes listen and she went back listen I don't believe that this woman had a big barrel of meal all the way to the brim but I believe that every time that she went back listen there was enough to get more cakes And she kept going to get oil. And there was more. What a great God. And this continued as long as there was no rain. God is a providing God. You know, this God provided miraculously for this woman when she had no other way. What a reward for her steadfast Mother, are you facing a crisis that seems impossible? Are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to believe God? Is that belief just head knowledge? Are you willing to transform that belief into taking a step that proves that you truly believe God and take him at his word? Here's something that we know about God. God rewards faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And here's something that we all must recognize whether we're male or female, God has privileged us to have children or even non-biological people who we can invest in their lives and guide and lead. We need God to raise them properly. 
We need God to provide in these difficult times. We need God to give the strength to make it. But what is it that God is asking of you? That you're simply not willing to let go of. This woman had to let go of the one thing that from a human perspective she would figure she needed to hold on to. The one thing that she needed seemingly to hold on for her survival, however long that survival would be for, was the one thing that she had to give up in order for God to meet the need. And oftentimes, we are, as it were, tying the hand of God into blessing us in ways that we can't even imagine because we are holding on to the thing that God is simply saying to us, give it to me. Let it go. And this woman was rewarded richly for her step of faith. You're a mother here today. Will you be a mother of faith? Will you be a mother of faith in God? All of us have faith, you know. Sometimes our faith is misplaced. We put our faith in our finances. We put our faith in who we think is going to win the next election. We put our faith in who we know in high places. God is saying, put your faith and your confidence in me and watch me do above and beyond what you can even ask or even think. This woman was clearly a mother of faith. And her story and her legacy is forever recorded in the pages of scripture as a testament of her faith. May it be that we truly activate faith in our lives and demonstrate confidence in God that it looks bleak, it looks grim, but those are the kinds of situations that God specializes in. God wants us to get to the point where we conclude rightly we cannot figure it all out. We were never intended to. But we were made with limitations. We were made with weaknesses. We were made even because of sin with faults so that we can put God in his rightful place so that he can show up 
and prove that he alone is able to work things out for our good and for his glory. You're here today. I trust that you will put your faith and confidence in God. Whether you're a mother or not, faith, you cannot get away from it. Faith is required for salvation. Believing in his redemptive work on Calvary's cross to take care of our sins. Faith is required for service. You cannot serve God from day to day without choosing to believe God and to take him at his word. May it be that we're willing to step out and to take that journey of faith step by step. And as you see God work on your behalf, guess what? Your faith grows and grows and you begin to recognize, wow, this thing works. God is faithful. He can be trusted. And the more you trust God, it's the more you trust God because you've seen him work in a mighty way. May we all be men, women, boys and girls of faith like this woman, this widow of Zarephath who was truly a mother of faith. 